Greetings, hello, welcome internet friends near and far. Welcome to this episode of Parks and Conversation. And uh, we are watching the classic NBC sitcom Parks and Recreation. And then I'm talking about it with my friend Jeremy. My name is Jason and Jeremy's over there all the way across town. Say, hey, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? So good. How, how, how did we make it through this week? I don't know. I did, we did it though. Because, because this episode was coming up. That's that's that was my yeah, that was my my the light at the end of my tunnel. Really? No, but I mean, you know, that's for a good <laughs> half of a good story, as Justin would say. Yeah, we're just getting started on on building a story here. That's right. And um yeah, so this episode introduces a Leslie Nope tradition. The episode is called Galentine's Day. It's season two, episode 16. It's called Galentine's Day. Oh, like Valentine's Day. Like Valentine's yes, Day. Yes, exactly. But with ladies. Yes, exactly. And uh, and so we're we uh, before we jump into it, what are your uh, your general impressions from this episode as you watched it? I like this episode. Jared. Yeah. Good. I mean, it's not, it's not the greatest episode ever, but it's a, again, it's another fun, like kind of, you know, complete story. It wraps up some things and it starts some new things and continues along. I thought it was just like one of those really good, like it's part of the, you know, just all like the way Parks and Rec goes. This is one of those solid episodes that just moves the whole show forward. I feel. Yeah. Yes. What about you? I, I like this one. I think it's funny. Um, I love the guest star in this episode. Yeah. John Larroquette is, is one of the most underutilized comedic actors of our time. I think he's so funny. And, uh, I thought for a long time that Jerry could be related to John Larroquette, like the the Jim (laughs) O'Hare, like they have a similar vibe to them. There was like, they've got to be related. I don't think they are, but uh, it's just one of those things where it's just like, oh, finally, some more John Larroquette. Um, and you may recognize John Larroquette from such classics as Night Court and the John Larroquette show. <laughs> I don't know what else he's done. <laughs> so, or, or, or you might not recognize him from the John Larroquette show. Did you never see that? No. I'm pretty sure it was called the John. I have now I got to IMDb this because it could be IMDb.com. If everybody would please go ahead and go to imdb.com while I'm searching this up. Yeah, I'm gonna, he, uh, he was in the practice where he, he played a lawyer. That's right. Yeah. He was the West a Wing. More dra- a, dra- a more dramatic role. Yeah. And Boston Legal, he was he was there. I've and never well. seen an episode of Boston Legal. Oh, that's I, love, with, uh, I love Boston Legal. That's with that's, James Spader. Yeah, and Captain Kirk. William Shatner. Oh, I mean, I guess if you're formal. It's his actual name. I don't know how to spell John Larroquette, so I'm going the roundabout way by looking up these, this episode of Parks and Recreation. So, uh, L-A-R-O-U-E-T-T-E. It's traditional, well, traditional uh, Cajun, I think, spelling. Brag about it. Are you looking at his IMDb page right now? No, I'm looking at the Parks and Recreation trivia. There's a huge okay. chunk on him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Okay, I'm pulling up his. This is this is making for good podcasting. Oh, it's, it's almost like we're prepared for this. You did can't you not you see. Can't, you can't script this. Did you not see Blood and Treasure? 
Oh, that's one of my favorite and treasure movies. It's a TV series. Did did you not see the 2020 film Keep Hope Alive? No, he was okay because that was that's after Hope floats, right? Like it's floating, but then we got to we got to keep it alive, like the Titanic. The problem was Hope had a a serious serious accident. Yeah, and it's kind of like Million Dollar Baby. Uh, where you know, like there's a real hard decision at the end about whether or not to keep hope alive while hope is on life support. So well, only John Larroquette could save the day. Did you not see the 2012 episode of Pound Puppies in which he played Squawk? Oh, Pound Puppies? <laughs> yeah. No, I I saw the I saw the the sequel to that. It was not. It wasn't pretty. None of them made it. <laughs> <laughs> he was also in uh, Phineas and Ferb as Uncle Bob. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, here's his Boston legal credits. I keep going. Maybe it wasn't called. Oh, he was on Arrested Development as John Larroquette. Yes. Uh, keep going, keep going. McBride, McBride, McBride. Happy Family. Beethoven's Fifth. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've gone too far. Nope, nope, keep going. The Practice, Heart Department, The Tenth Kingdom, Pain. The John Larroquette Show. All right, good. I didn't have just a... <laughs> A Shazam moment with Sinbad and Shaquille O'Neal. Um, yeah. The John Larroquette show, it was from 93 to 96. And it was basically he ran a like a bus station. So it was like taxi. Oh. But a bus station. That sounds f- vaguely familiar. Also, I was in a town called Onalaska, Washington. It's in Washington. It's not on alaska and yeah. uh from 93 to 96 where i didn't have cable we had a satellite dish which i think we got like sports from minnesota and like comedy central that was it that's all i remember about television from 93 to 96 so i john larroquette could have the greatest show in the world i never would have known <laughs> so. i i'm gonna just tell you something uh-huh. real quick it was not the greatest show in the world There. So you didn't miss much, but it's okay. called the John Larroquette show, right? Yeah. What do you think the main character John's last name is in the John Larroquette show? I'm going to go with Sturgis. Hemingway. Heming nailed it. So John close. Hemingway. I don't, I don't like when shows that are supposed to be, uh, I don't know. How do you say this? Shows that are supposed to be ensemble shows or just, you know, a, a show about a bunch of different people, but they call it, after a famous actor, mm-hmm. those those always bother me because I just don't want to indulge in that world. I'm with I, you, yeah. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, like the That's Cosby just, Show. It's, it's lazy. It's called the Cosby Show. Bill Cosby is the star of the Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. In the show, his name is neither Bill nor Cosby. Yeah, it's Heathcliff Huxtable. Right. Just call it, call him Bill Cosby. <laughs> it drives, it's so yeah. frustrating. So why not call John Larroquette, John Larroquette on the John Larroquette show? Right. Or, or call it the Bill Hemingway show or whatever. John Hemingway. Well, no, cause it's don't even need to be John, just something different. Right. I also have a hard time with actors who play characters that are, that share the same name, like the same first name. Yeah. Like, who's the boss? Tony Danza plays Tony. 
Yeah, he could have he, at least gone with Anthony or something. Or like Phil. Mm-hmm. You're an actor, man. Use Phil, a different name. Phil Danza. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so now that we've gone off the rails already, let us talk about, because that was eight minutes of us talking about the John Larroquette show. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I doubt there's a lot of podcasts out there that do that, so you can only get that kind of content here. <laughs> right? It's not like there's not like there's a John Larroquette podcast. I mean, we could make one, I guess. We Here's have the beautiful the thing about podcasting. <laughs> This is now the John Larroquette Show podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a hard pivot. Boom. It's, it's only 84 episodes. 2020, man. This is the way we do it. Here Let's we go. Let's see if Michael Schur was involved in this at all. <laughs> no, no please, please don't do that. Please don't do that. All right. What? You have We're, to... We're going to oh my... lose all three listeners if we do that. I don't... To view the production information, I have to become an IMD B oh, Pro yeah. member. Yep, that's how they get you. Ugh. I guess I'm just never going to know who was the third gaffer. Okay, well, then let's talk about this episode of Parks and Recreation. And it starts out with that tradition of Valentine's Day, which is basically, as Leslie sums it up, a celebration of female friendship. Oh, and that's nice. And yeah, and so she has all her girlfriends come. They have breakfast together, which again is a major part of Leslie's identity is breakfast. So it only it's only fitting that Valentine's Day's meal would not be dinner, wouldn't be lunch. It would be breakfast. And it uh, she has gifts for all of them that are unique to them. Like in particular, there's a um, a wreath of crushed up and torn up plastic bottles from their favorite diet soda like she's paying attention to others she's making gifts for them the whole time i just started thinking would a male equivalent of galentine's day be palentine's day dudentines dudentines i don't don't like that sounds german it does it also it i don't like it girls can be pals though i know so a guyentine's day no there you go. Menentine's Day. <laughs> there, nailed. I love it. Menentine's. <laughs> I don't want to go to Menentine's. It sounds like sounds like you got something. Yeah, I got like, Menentine's. Oh, I had an ointment. Uh, yeah. So they they have this breakfast celebration, and really the 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 capstone of the whole day is when Leslie asks Marlene, her mom, to share the greatest story ever told. And as a pastor, I'm like, oh, wow, she's going to preach the gospel. Uh, no. Instead, she tells this story about how when she was on a family vacation, when she was 18, she almost drowned in Jamaica. Was it Jamaica? Bahama? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I want to. Kokomo. Kokomo, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then she was saved by this lifeguard. And then they fell madly in love for the rest of that vacation. And, uh, and then that's the story. It's really not the greatest story ever told. No. But, uh, Leslie really loves this story. So that's the cold open is setting up Valentine's day. Were there credits? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. There was a credit sequence because cold open credit sequence. And then it cuts to, um, Leslie telling Tom and Justin the rest of the story. Yeah. And how like they were, um, 
they were going to get married, but uh, Marlene's parents thought she was too young and ended the relationship. And then they've never seen each other since. Mm. And uh, and Justin is like super into this story and he wants to meet. He wants to find this guy. And Tom is super into getting Justin's approval. Right. And he says, am I right, Justin? Over and over again. Like Tom says these little remarks and they're like, am I right, Justin? Which comes back later. Um, But if you uh, so, yeah, so Justin's like, I'm going to go find this guy. And he's a lawyer. He has the power of law on his side. So he can do whatever he wants, I guess. Yeah, because John Larroquette was a lawyer. So he just looks it up in like their lawyer book. (laughs) Yes. You know, Okay, sorry. I have to look. I can't remember what John Larroquette's character name was on Night Court. But if it's John, I'm going to lose my mind. Oh, no, it's Dan Fielding. Dan Fielding, yeah. Uh, Also, Reinhold. Dan Fielding slash Reinhold. That's Judge Reinhold. I we, 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 we might have to do a John Larroquette <laughs> podcast. I think it, I think it's happening. That's 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 what this episode's teaching me. Oh my word! There were one hundred and ninety four episodes of Night Court. I'm in. I've oh seen my mo- word. I've seen most of them. I think. I don't think I don't think there's any way to know if you've seen most of them because it's the same thing over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Yeah. There's not a lot going on with so, Night Court. Something happens. Uh, the judge does some magic. Dan is sleazy. And Bull says something like kind of silly. Right. Summed it up. And there's two. Uh, I think there's two. There's the courtroom. There's like the cafeteria area and like somebody's apartment. I think that was the three sets they had. Uh, they also had Harry's office. Harry's ha- the judge. Harry's office. That's right. So Harry Stone. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this show is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of this no. podcast is way off the rails, but uh Becker, Becker, that's the one you we want to do right there. Is that but Ted Danson? Yeah, Ted Danson. That that's totally different though. Hurley was on that from uh Lost. Was on Becker? Uh-huh. I don't know why. Oh. That, that has nothing to do with anything. All right, we gotta get back to this. <laughs> but, but, and Leslie Leslie goes, if if you find out that he is like a ventriloquist or a puppeteer or anybody who pretends that dolls are people, just let him go. No weirdos. Yes, no weirdos. That's, that's what she says is a weirdo. So yeah. Yeah. And then it uh, cut, cuts to Mark and Anne, right? Right. Yeah. I love that like Leslie's uh rules for romance. Like, you know, like the couple episodes ago is like no twins i've no been twins. tricked before right <laughs> she's so great oh man um yeah so Anne cuts to Anne and and mark and mark is super excited to see Anne because she bought mark towels for valentine's day because before that he was using a bathrobe right <laughs> i've heard stories about people who like single guys who have nothing like a normal house and like one story about a, a guy who uh didn't have a shower curtain hmm. and so he would just shower in his bathroom no shower curtain and like so water's going everywhere and then he got got a girlfriend and she's like this cannot this cannot stand and she got him a shower curtain so yeah but i never lived really as a single person outside like up to my own devices i lived with my parents lived in the dorms and then i got married so i i never really had that that Markism, that wandering through the world thinking a bath a bathrobe is okay for a towel. They're both terry cloth. No, it's not okay, Mark. Right, Jeremy? 
Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so she's no the help. best girlfriend ever. And, uh, and he's pretty excited. And then they are starting talking about, uh, let uh, the parks and in the parks department's next initiative, which is a Valentine's day party for the senior center, which sure. sounds awesome. Yeah. And, and Leslie's recruiting everybody to be involved, but essentially she's saying, you all need to be here because we need to learn from these old people because everyone here is terrible at love. <laughs> and it's true. <laughs> and even Mark and Anne, as she's talking about their relationship, like it's too soon to tell for you two. Right. <laughs> so divorced, double divorced. Jerry's still out on you guys. Jerry, yeah. Jerry, who knows? And this is where we learned that Jerry has been married for 28 years to Gail and that yeah. Leslie's met her many times. Yeah. And Leslie's response is whatever, whatever. But I love this because the more we learn about Jerry, the the more amazing his backstory becomes. Like these are just these little seeds that the writers then come back to in such a great way. It's fantastic. Right. And so it, like, yeah, Jerry is kind of an anti Leslie because her whole life is the parks department and Jerry's got a whole life outside of the parks department. Yeah. And as we learn about his life, it's like, man, you are blessed. What a great life Jerry has. Yeah. His favorite vacation spot is uh, is Snurling, Indiana. <laughs> you know, it's great. That was, that was Muncie. Muncie, yes, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Sorry, they've got a vacation home in Muncie. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so there. That's the the main plot of this story is they're going to go and do this Valentine's Day party. Yeah. Um, and then we've got a subplot that is introduced where Tom invites Wendy to the office which is a weird place to have the conversation that Tom's going to have um, because he wants to talk about their relationship. So he has champagne, the same, same kind of champagne that Jay-Z drinks. And he's trying to tell her like, Hey, we should give this relationship a shot for real. I know it was a sham, but let's, let's try. And she just shuts him down and says, I don't feel that way about you at all. Um, and then leaves. And the best, this is a sad moment here for us, but the joke that caps off this little scene is Tom pours the champagne back into the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> it's expensive. It's expen yeah, it's, it's, it's Jay-Z champagne. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and then cuts to the shoeshine stand where Mouse Rat is rehearsing. Awesome. Because, because Andy does not understand boundaries. <laughs> right. Hey, City Hall shoeshine stand, perfect place for band rehearsal. You know, it's one thing if they're going to set up like a, a busker station, right? Right. You shouldn't, shouldn't do it in City Hall. But, you know, I've been in buildings where there have been buskers. I went to the airport in Mexico and there were people like as you're getting off the plane, there's like a hallway. And in that hallway, there are people ask, playing music and asking for money. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, this is probably the least appropriate place to do this. And how did you get here? This is after 9-11, like security is not an issue, whatever. Um, but it was also in that same airport that I saw my first AK-47. So, right. And it's nice fun. because as you moved, like the soundtrack changed, you know, from like different band to different band. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there were many bands. If I, so, if, I, if, I was, if I was a person playing on the street, my band name would be Busker Do. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I get it. Cause that's a, that's like a band. 
But I think that they were able to do that because they're they Leslie asked them to be part of the the they're the band for this Valentine's Day dance for mm-hmm. the for the old folk. Right. So uh, but then they yes, play a and song all- and I love that like Andy's like like they finish it. It sounded fine, you know, it was kind of quaint and other things. He's like, Well, there's that one, I guess. <laughs> like he's not yeah. not stoked about the song selection. No, because they're all like old jazzy standards for like from the 40s and 50s about about love and like just great old love songs that non-offensive to anybody. Yeah, if you and want if if you want a taste of them, check out Kixie on AM. I think it's uh, 880 is Kixie. I think it's still around. If you're in the Washington area, I guess that doesn't make a lot of sense if you're listening anywhere else in the world. Uh, yeah, Kixie, K I X I. I had a, I had a, uh, when I was working construction, I had this old truck that only got AM, the FM was broken. And it was like one of the only stations that played music that wasn't, um, yeah, that wasn't just talk radio. And so Mm -hmm. I listened to these old, old, old songs. And after a while, you kind of like, yeah, this isn't so bad. (laughs) As we're recording this right now, you can also, they do have a website. You can listen. Yes. So you're not in the Seattle area. You Boom. can listen to AM 880 Kixie at com. They're currently playing Sam Cooke. So, yeah. Cupid. Boom. Um, Cupid. Look at that. Valentine's Day. Yeah. You can also listen to the John Tesh radio show on AM 880. Oh, dude. Old Kixie. people love John Tesh. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's good stuff. And their, their, their byline for Kixie, music as cool now. As it was then. As it was then, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's uh it's almost true. So yeah, maybe we should start a podcast on Kixie. Yeah, or maybe not, we just like need not to get on the radio station, but about <laughs> Kixie, or just get sponsored by them. I would love that. Would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this part, this Valentine's Day party is going to be basically brought to you by Kixie, by way of Mouserat. Um, and Andy's like, I want to write my own songs. And play some of our originals. Like I just wrote this song called Sex Hair. And it's about how you can know somebody has had sex because their hair is all matted up in the back. And it's and, pretty and it's awesome. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you, Andy? <laughs> um, and so that, so she's like, no, don't do that. Think about all these songs as like really punk rock, like love songs. But, you know, in a non-punk rock way. It's like, okay, I got it. All the while, this is happening. Kyle is sitting on the shoeshine yeah. stand waiting for the band to finish rehearsing. And he's like, I've been waiting for a half hour. He's like, Kyle, if you don't shut up, I'm going to lose it on you. <laughs> so, uh, again, just Kyle for the fun of Kyle. And I don't know. Again, I got to look it up. I, I don't know why Kyle, is he a writer? Like, how is he still around like so much? Like, is he somebody's uncle <laughs> that they're just like, hey, you're not doing anything ever. Why don't you come be on my TV show? Right. See what do I do? Well, you gotta you gotta hang out by a shoe shine stand. That's your job. And we Andy make, Forrest. We make is his name. Okay. Yeah. Like you're just gonna be made fun of by somebody who will go on to be one of the biggest stars of all time. And Jerry. Um <laughs> and, so uh I mean he's got roles. He's doing stuff. He plays Dr. Jones is in Boris and the Bomb. He's in a TV movie called Pilot Season, and he plays Antoine. And to, yeah, and anyway, okay, so yeah, so Kyle's there, and I love that. I love. I just love Kyle. He's great. Yeah. Um, 
And so he, noticed, he, cuts he, back. Did, he kept coming back even after the pants incident. Like, obviously, right? right? Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I just don't, I don't know. He's just a, he just likes to be the butt of the joke. Uh, so after that cuts back, Justin comes into the office like, I found the guy. His name's Frank Beckerson. And uh, and he's like, we got to go find him. He lives in Illinois. Let's go get him and bring and and reconnect him with your mom. And so then Leslie asks Ron if he can take a, if she can take a half day with Justin tomorrow for a mission of love. And Ron says, she are you asking me to take a nooner? And she doesn't know what that means. Um, and so Ron Justin then says, well, the, basically the story. And he's like, that's a great story. Go do that. And uh, yeah. So, uh, Mark then cuts to Anna and Mark and they are at, I believe that's Anne's place. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mark is giving her every Valentine's day gift cliche because he's never had a serious relationship before and he's never been able to give these gifts before. Um, and so he's kind of going overboard. Um, and so he does that. And I <laughs> wrote in my notes, there's so much happening in this episode that I had to start abbreviating. And so my, my exact line is he's never had the chance to get a cliche VD gift. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure he has. I, I think that's a, I think that's a, that's a good thing. Pretty, pretty sure. I don't even know what a non cliche VD gift is. Like, <laughs> sorry. Like, here's, yeah. Also he gives her perfume, uh, which is, I believe the first time we've heard about, um, one of one of the greatest characters in I, I love this guy Dennis Feinstein, Yearning by Dennis Feinstein, and 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 smells it and says, "Oh no, Dennis!" No. Yeah, it says smells terrible. So, um, yeah, I I love the introduction of Feinstein because that's one of the things that I was like, "Oh, is this the first time we're hearing about him?" And I, you're, you're right, it is. So, um, and as we get to know Dennis Feinstein more and more, he's just going to be a, oh, so funny. Yeah. So funny. We were watching this after we had watched The Good Place with our oh, family. Yes. And and so they were like, <laughs> when we get to the Feinstein episode, they're like, is that Derek? Right. <laughs> yes, it is Derek. No, Derek so. is Dennis. So <laughs> get it right. I'm Derek. Those <laughs> wind chimes. So. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, Derek. Okay. So. Uh, so then it cuts back to Justin and Leslie driving to get Frank. Um, and she's like, what if they, uh, what if he's weird? What if they get married? What do I call him? And she lists a bunch of names that you would normally give to like, what sounds like a grandpa. And she ends up with Poopa. <laughs> so she's going to call Frank. Um, and then they get there, open the door and, and he, we see it's John Larroquette. Finally, oh. finally. We meet John Larroquette and uh, he tells them that he always wanted to be a lawyer. And I love that. I love that little drop in the uh, the the Larroquette lore. Like this say, like, I always wanted to be a lawyer. And he's played looking at his IMD page. He's played a lot of lawyers. Right. Um, and so. They uh, <laughs> they they try to convince him to come along and he's so nervous to see her again. And he's like, I'm going to go through up real quick and then we'll go. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, and, so, um, and somewhere in there, there's the Leslie says something about true love and um, like something about Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. And like, I just want yes. him, I just want her to find love like Jennifer Aniston's like, but stay away from John Mayer. Right. 
But then what's interesting is that Jennifer Aniston married Justin Thoreau, who's Justin right. on the show, just like yes. a, year, a year later. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, I believe they were dating Yeah, when this happened. So it's pretty funny. There you go. Yeah. Fun little reference. He says, Stay John, away from him, Jen. John, John goes, uh, she's like, did you become a lawyer? He's like, no, but I did represent myself once. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. So, uh, yeah. So back at the office, April's boyfriends, Derek and Ben, they want to be a part of this thing because they want to make fun of old people is mm-hmm. basically their plan. So they're invo- involved. Then cut back to the car. They're driving back. And Frank is talking about his life experience and he's listing all <laughs> these war zones he's been in. And Leslie's like, oh, so you were in the military? He's like, no. <laughs> so that's just, it. Uh, like, no, doesn't explain it at all. No. Um, and then uh, he starts to have a, a panic attack and Wesley hands him her purse and he starts breathing in the purse like it's a paper bag. And uh, and then this isn't where he escapes. No. no. Uh, yeah. Not, so not yet. OK, so then they go back and they do uh, they're doing the senior center dance setup, and Andy hates all the songs and uh, his. Uh, other guitar player, Burley, was like, why don't you try to sing this song like Louis Armstrong? He's like, yeah, okay. I don't know who that is. <laughs> so Andy just doesn't know anything about this world of music. And uh, and so, you know, he, they sound good. They sound like this is exactly the kind of band that you want yeah. to do these kinds of songs. Right. Like there, there's nothing wrong about what they're doing, but Andy doesn't know how to tell if they're doing well mm. at this, this concert. Right. And because he's like, if you're doing really well in a bar, like women will flash you. And if that happened here, my eyes would fall out of my head. <laughs> and I would die. <laughs> <laughs> and then also what he says, what he's like, when they flash you, then you're the English is so bad. It's so funny. That must sounded pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like I had to write it down exactly how he said it. That must sounded pretty good. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so they're getting ready. Things are happening at the dance. It started and, and, and Mark are dancing together and, uh, Mark thinks things are going pretty well. And he asks how he's doing as a boyfriend. And she's like, yeah, things are going well. On paper, things are going well. Um, and then it cuts to a talking of Anne. And she says she has no complaints. Everything is good. But yeah, she doesn't seem to good. care. Right. It kind of goes down at the end. She's just kind of almost a thousand yard stare. So like everything, it's almost like she's convincing herself that that, that good is, is a good thing. That's okay. Right. Yeah. So, um, which is interesting because later on, and talks to Andy and said, Hey, you guys sound pretty good. And like, she's pretty excited about like Andy's like ability to get the band to play these songs. It seems pretty happy. And then April cuts in is like, Hey, break time's over. got to get back to it. Um, and, uh, Andy will dedicate a song to April. And, Anne is like, wait, are you guys, are you together? And April's like, no, it, like, like, so there's like a little tension happening yeah. here. Because I think Anne is realizing, like, Mark is fine, but he's not interesting. Right. As we've Which been has trying, been we, my we, point this yeah, whole time. We've been <laughs> screaming it at, into the podcast void for episodes now. Yeah, because Mark's the worst. Yeah, he's just, um, he's plain oatmeal. Exactly. 
Exactly. He's beige. He's like a beige wall. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And if you look at his clothes, like, yeah, basically. That makes it that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, all right. So we we jumped ahead a little bit in the story, sure. but and as they're coming back, Justin is really pushing this reunion. Frank yeah. fell asleep in the car because he was uh he was crying, he cried himself to sleep. Um, but they they park and Frank escapes. And then in Leslie goes in to try to like get Marlene because she's really doesn't want them to reconnect. She's like having all kinds of second thoughts. But then Frank shows up and asks if she wants to catch up, and she's like, Yeah, sure. And so Justin and Leslie are watching and Je- Leslie is super anxious and Justin's just like, just let it happen. And, and so he's just watching the whole thing go on. And um, at the party, we also have Derek and Ben dressed as an old gay couple and making fun of the old people. And April is annoyed and she, she likes old people. And so she tells us, couple that Ben and Derek were making fun of like you guys are adorable and uh yeah and so so like she's, April, uh, April leaves to go get she goes I'm gonna go get some punch and that and for some reason popped in my head I'm like why isn't why why do we have to wait for huge gatherings to have punch you should have punch more often like just some places like like a bowl of punch you know and then and then you always have an excuse to have a conversation excuse me I need to go get some punch see I do that anyway I, like just like if I'm talking to the kids, I'm like I don't want to have this conversation anymore. Like I have to go get some some punch. cereal. Oh, cereal! <laughs> I'll just throw anything in. Like, and my house isn't like so big that like I can't hear them from the other from the living room to the kitchen. But I think they get the message. Yeah, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> so uh, I think one of the reasons why we don't have punch more often in society is because the bowl is so big; it's kind of a pain to clean. But if you always keep it filled, like if there's always punch available, you never have to clean it. I guess. But what if you want to try different varieties of punch? Because you've got you just your... Keep adding it. It's just, that's what punch is. You just keep kind of rotating it through. You know? So it's like a, a potpourri of different sodas and yeah. ice creams. Yeah. Did you ever get like the, like the hardcore ones? You knew people were into punch when they made that, that round, the ring of sherbet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's good stuff. Punch is good. I have not had punch in a long time. And I mean, I know that's what I'm saying. Like, why don't we have? We just need more punch. Yeah, I think the real downfall of punch um, in our current age is Mm -hmm. that people are trying to do artisanal party drinks. Artisanal punch. Who's in? (laughs) Well, like it's like this is water with some cucumber in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because people are trying to be like health conscious and crap. Yeah. And so it's like, well, no, we, we didn't come to your party to have water with cucumber in it. If we wanted a salad, we would have asked for a salad. Yeah, it's just a water, just a really watered down salad. Right. It's like iceberg lettuce that is, un, it's, a, it's thought out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just water and cucumber. And um, yeah. And so people in their health consciousness are forgetting the deliciousness of Hawaiian punch mixed with Sprite and ice cream. Yeah. But I mean, the ratios really matter. You got to get the mix. You got to get the mix, right? Yeah. And I, I went to high school, not Mm -hmm. to brag. That's good. And you know, like you see in the movies and the TV shows, like the high school shenanigans, like people are spiking the punch. Mm. Like that never happened anywhere that I've seen punch had punch. 
been I don't punched. know who yeah. is spiking the punch. I don't know where this even came from, but it's always just been like, wow, yeah, this is Sprite and Hawaiian punch and ice cream. Nailed it. Nothing weird here. Yeah, like Halloween candy with razor blades. Like that's not a yeah, not a thing. It's an urban urban legend. Spike punch and, and Halloween razor candy. You know, I'd rather get Halloween candy with razor blades right now than COVID. That's so. true. That's a good that's a good point. <laughs> I'd like to go back to a simpler time. <laughs> <laughs> so wouldn't be all. Oh, yeah. um, so so then and then then this this thing this is what kind of made me really frustrated with Justin because he's been pushing so much to for the story like it's all about the story they've really been having this time but here he is telling the story to the guys about getting getting frank and how he runs off and just really pumping it up so now leslie's become one of his stories this relationship has become a story and then ron's like well what does leslie think of this and he lies because he says oh i lost track of her and everything and we know that she was pushing really hard to just call the whole thing off and so that that's when i was like I'm done with you, Justin. I'm done. Yeah. And, uh, but Ron is like knowing here, like mm-hmm. last episode we saw Ron and Leslie, you know, butting heads about being involved in other people's lives. Yeah. And, you know, Leslie won Ron over by her thoughtfulness. And so here we have an opportunity for Ron to reciprocate thoughtfulness. Yeah. And he, and he asks, like, what did Leslie think about all this? Like, before last week's events, would Ron have even cared? Right. You know, and I, I don't know. And I, and I think, and, it, and like, not, not to be sappy, but I think these really are the moments in the show that endear these characters to the viewer, to us. Like, these are, like, these people really do care about each other. And I think you can have all the hijinks and the jokes, but at the end of the day, the things that make us want to invest in these people's lives is because we know that they they do have like their stakes, their stakes in the relationships. People get closer over time. And and I think that's that's one of the really cool things that the show did was, you know, and sure and and all those and Daniels with creating these characters in the office is that they do care about things. And it's not just like so many shows you're like, what do these people even care about other than themselves? You know, and then you're just, that's that's why I think a lot of shows fail um, because you, who are you rooting for? Why are you rooting for them? So, yeah. Yeah. Good Thanks. summation. Thanks. Accurate. Um, yeah. So Ron is already suspicious here of Justin. I don't I don't think Ron would have ever cared for Justin as a person. Um, and so this is just adding to his like, I don't like you fella ness about it all. <laughs> Um, and so uh, here at the party, also, Tom just chooses the weirdest times to have intense conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Wendy shows up at the senior center party and is like, what are you doing? You're suing me for alimony. And he's like, yeah, you know, we were married and I deserve a certain kind of lifestyle. And, uh, and he's desperate to try to rescue this relationship. Yeah. That Fine. was never real. Right. And fun fact, um, Indiana is not an alimony state. So thanks again, IMDb trivia. I don't even know what to believe anymore. Yeah. It's all a lie. Just like I didn't know that was limited to states. States rights, man. I didn't know that was a like state by state issue. Well, I I, take issue with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't don't, don't know. Yeah, all right. I, don't, I, I learned that too. I guess, yeah, it's like if you don't want to pay alimony, move to Indiana. 
Done. Um, or don't get divorced. That's the other option. Oh, yeah. I wrote under that little scene, I just wrote, Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. If you're suing me for al- alimony. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, so then, that's, that's like, where like, what's your plan? What we, and that's that's the other thing too. He's desperate, but it's like he hasn't thought it through. He's like, and she even calls him out. What is your plan? You're gonna sue me and blackmail me into a date? <laughs> yeah, Tom. And he's like, yeah, like he's like, like <laughs> doubling that's exactly down, exactly it, doubling down on it. Yeah. So you know, I feel bad for Tom. Mm-hmm in this episode but also i'm just like tom all of these things are bad so many of your ideas are bad and it's just yeah it's frustrating to see him be so bad at being tom uh so so when frank and marlene are talking uh they she's they're catching up and she's like so what 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 have you been up to and i love how he says like well i got a job at a grocery store right out of high school to make some money and here i am 40 years later Fully unemployed. <laughs> and Fully unemployed. Which is a great joke. And then right out of it, he's like, hey, I got an idea. Why don't we pick up right where we left off? Like, you, like, like you're making it sound so tempting. Like, if he had done anything with his life, maybe she would possibly consider, but no. Yeah. And she's like, you can't be serious. Again, great joke. Follow up. <laughs> serious as a heart attack, of which I've had four. Of which I've had four. <laughs> so, uh yeah, and so Marlene starts to leave, um, and and Frank and Frank goes and takes the mic, and he's like, "You will never see this body again." <laughs> and and so, um, yeah, so it's all bad. And so Justin comes up, is like, "Justin, tell me what happened. I want every detail." And I took issue with the way he said that. How would you say that word? De- detail. Detail. It's- yeah, it's detail of the story. Like it's detail. It's like the end. It's detail. No, it's detail. I no. want every detail. Every detail. Detail. Detail of the story. No, that's not. No, it's not. D e space t a l e. That's d. That's detail. No, it's spelled D E T A I L E. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no E at the end. <laughs> detail. I, I just was so annoyed when he said, I want every detail. It's detail. Detail, Justin. I don't know. But I guess it's just me. Uh, so April is super annoyed with Derek and Ben, and they break up, um, and their relationship is weird, and I'm glad that's over. Uh, and, and then Ron and Leslie are talking. And Leslie is like, I don't know. Justin was just being a real jerk about everything. And so I, I told him I was nervous. And he said, no, he just push, push, push. And then Ron, in his Ron wisdom, yeah, sums it up so great and calls him a tourist. He vacations in other people's lives to get their stories. Mm-hmm. In other words, he's selfish. I was like, wow, Ron, this is so great. <laughs> like, this is the most wise thing that ron has said so far and it won't be the last wise thing ron will say yeah and which is a great thing about his character too because he wants to put off this persona that he is not paying attention and doesn't care but deep down you 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 know he is and when he is he's he's thinking about it he's he's not he's not just a a blowhard he actually you know has some sage advice to give yeah and it's it's advice that he learned on the mean streets of Pawnee. Um, 
and at the sawmill where he yeah. got a job when he was nine years old. Right. Uh, you know, Form, foreman by the age of 12. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's had a tough life. Right. Um, and, uh, and so he's learned some things, but I, yeah, I just love that Ron is so often so aloof from other people, but he like, there's little scenes like this where it's like, he really shows up. Yeah. As like somebody who cares about the people in his life. And he finishes it off with, like you said, he's selfish. And then, but then he finishes off with, that's why you don't like him. Like, especially yeah. right now, you finally, you finally saw it. And it's like, that's the, that's the straw, you know, that broke the camel's back. Like that's, that's not who you are. You know, it'll never work. And she's like, she's kind of like, no, oh, yeah. Just all yeah. clear. It's cool. Ron is full of wisdom. Yeah. Full and then, of and then, wisdom. And then a great, cause a great writing. That's a real nice, serious moment, but then you need a capper to the scene. Right. And you that's can't when leave it there. You can't just leave it there because it's like, oh, okay. Two old ladies walk by. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is it ages just to call everyone like that's just like old ladies? These two ladies walk by. I don't know. Who happen to be considerably older than Ron. <laughs> yes. They are in the prime demographic of smooth jazz mm. that maybe a bar in Eagleton would host a musician named Duke Silver. I told you. I told you it was him. <laughs> yeah. And so they come up and they ask Ron for Duke Silver's autograph. And he tells them they're mistaken and they need to move on. <laughs> move on, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's like. <laughs> Go listen to John Tesh on Kixie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is intelligence for your life. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that was a great, uh, a great bit. And then it goes. Andy is. More old lady. Um, Jokes. An old lady comes up to him and says, you sound just like Dean Martin. And he's like, I don't know who that is, but I think that's the the old lady equivalent of flashing. Yeah. <laughs> so you figured it out how to know if he's doing a good job. So that's basically the episode. And then there's a credit scene where Justin and Tom are talking about the fact that Leslie broke up and Tom is like, you know, he thinks it's his fault. And I do love this line from Justin. It literally has nothing to do with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like <laughs> you were not even a consideration come on man oh no. and so it's like let me make you feel better i'm gonna go buy you a pocket square <laughs> can we still go suit shopping yeah Armand is having a sale right now <laughs> yeah and he just so, jumps up like a little kid like who got an xbox he's like yay right and here's the sad thing about this is like this scene is really funny but this, right. they're playing on this trope of like Mom and dad are getting divorced and it's not your fault. And they're playing on all this, this trope, but it's really is like, Tom is an emotional child. Yeah. And like throughout this episode, we have seen he's an emotional child and he's actually getting divorced (laughs) as he's asking Justin and Leslie if their breakup is his fault. (laughs) Right. So it's like, wow, this is, there's, there are layers happening in what's going on in the writing of this episode that I just find fascinating i think and tom i think tom's tom's backstory or his his arc in the show could be could be one of my i i'm gonna just say it right now i think tom's story from a writing perspective is my favorite character transformation i'm try, trying to think jerry's is really good they just make it all up at the end um ben wyatt has a nice transformation when he shows up ron is kind of he loosens up as it goes i'm just trying to think of anybody else but but tom's is really it's really good. I mean, it's just really like, cause he is, he's such an emotional child. He's such, he's so selfish. He's so into himself. And some of that doesn't like we've talked about before, it doesn't go away, but it, he, he's able to kind of 
key into the parts that help him become successful later on. So, cause right. you need to have that confidence. You need to have that, like, I'm not going to fail attitude, but he was only concerned about himself and not anybody else. And so I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think, um, if you look at the character, so Leslie, Leslie is a, is pretty constant. There's not a ton of transformation. I think the biggest transformation for Leslie is being willing to let go of control. Yeah. Like she doesn't have to control everything. Right. Ben, who we have not yet met in this, in our podcast journey, I know, but yeah. Ben is trying to escape his past. Right. And so he finally, you know, like he's able to do that. Tom, I really do think Tom is trying to become a man. Right. And like from a boy to a man, like he really does do that journey. And so while Tom is not the star of the show, I do love that the writers still gave him a meaningful story that is like, by the time it ends, you're just like, man, I, I want to go to Tom's restaurant. I want to go see yeah. what Tom does. Like, there's a lot of really cool stuff that Tom is able to accomplish as he's realizing, like, who his real friends are and who uh, who's going to be there for him. Uh, you know, and even like in relationships and, you know, his love life, like the journey that he goes on there is like coming back to just wanting like a solid person in his life. Not right. just, not just like a, uh, a flashy relationship, but like a real person. So, yeah. And every time, every time, um, the person who shows up in Tom's life, I don't want to give too much away if people haven't seen the whole thing yet. Every time she's shows up on anything, <laughs> my wife is like, I just really like her. <laughs> it's like you do because she's great yeah. and she's she's so good for our friend Tom. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's Valentine's Day. I, I really like this episode. I think there's a lot of depth. I do love that it's like these relationships breaking apart on Valentine's Day. Yes. Uh, and. Um, you know, and so it's like moving, you said earlier, like they're moving pieces around, introducing some moving of pieces. So even like on paper, Mark and Anne's relationship is great. Anne is not, this isn't, Anne is like, this isn't going to last. Yeah. This could be the beginning, the beginning of the end. I also have written down here, Tom, Tom gets broken up with twice or no rejected twice in a, in a sense. Like, so mm -hmm. first with Wendy saying, rejecting his romantic advancement and then and then justin leaving it's like is it me you know and i know it's the worst part of it but like he had the worst valentine's day of anybody right yeah he lost his his ex fake wife and his best you know his idol <laughs> right his his uh his prophet his gq prophet <laughs> yeah so who's going to interpret the sacred text for me? <laughs> so oh, um, next, next up woman of the year again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So good. This uh, woman of the year is <laughs> like when you think about the relationship between uh, Ben or not Ben, Ron and Leslie, like this is the, the greatness of it all is like Ron knows enough about Leslie to know what's really going to annoy her. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, this is great. Yeah. So good. Um, so and then, listen to this lineup just super fast. The possum park safety, summer catalog, 94 meetings, the telethon, and let's see the, the master plan, which I kind of forgot what that one is about. That's the season finale. Uh, well, Freddie spaghetti, I think is the, the last oh, one. Oh yeah. So it's just it's like, a, this is it's such a two parter. 
Yeah. I the master plan and Freddy's yes. spaghetti are a two-parter and that's where we are going to meet what is going to be the greatest trajectory of television ever. <laughs> I'm so stoked. Literally, literally, literally <laughs> the best set of cast on any television show made by humans ever. Well, I'm so. going to go, I'm going to go take some wheatgrass shots so I can get ready for this run, <laughs> run of yeah. shows. Yeah. So before we go, before we, like, as you're going down that list of the, of episodes, yeah. Which are you most excited about? Well, I, as as I was reading them, I kept getting more and more excited. Park safety was one of the funniest. The burrito thing is hilarious yes. to me. Um, Summer catalog has such an amazing ending. I love the ending of this one, um, and I think the whole trope of the ex park directors, like the writing, just keeps like the the way they. How do I say this without like the, what they do with each of the stories? They just change every episode up. They get really, they make them really interesting. And so I thought the summer catalog was really fun. 94 meetings is phenomenal. Um, I thought the telethon was absolutely funny because anybody who's grown up in like the nineties remembers telethons. Um, and then of course the master plan, a two-parter introducing those guys. So as far as, Oh man, I don't, I don't know. I don't, that's hard. Um, I don't know. Probably 94 meetings was really, really funny. That's could be my, one of my favorite ones coming up. How about you? <laughs> yeah. I'm just reading the synopsis for 94 <laughs> meetings and I'm just like the person most excited about meetings <laughs> doesn't do any of them. Uh, yeah. so, um, I, I love park safety mainly because of Andy Samberg's <laughs> yeah, character. That's, that's right. <laughs> That's right. So anytime I'm in a place where somebody's like, isn't this cool? I want to show you something cool or something like that. I always say, I want to show you this cool log I found. <laughs> so and Tom just runs by the golf with the golf cart. Yeah. Yes. It's so, so it's great. Gonna, so good. Um, have you guys seen Avatar? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that episode so much. It's just full of uh, maybe the most quotable stuff uh, for, for me. So. All right. But we should uh, not give it all away now. Okay. So yes. I would just encourage listener, wherever you are, be sure to watch week to week, one episode at a time. Savor it. Don't binge it. Savor it if you haven't watched Parks and Rec already. And I know Parks and Rec has lost access on Netflix, um, but it is on Peacock, which is a free thing, I think. I don't know. But from time to time, iTunes has box sales, and I bought all of Parks and Rec for $30 nice. on iTunes. And so, like, Pay attention to that. Those deals come up from time to time. Um, and uh, yeah, so don't don't depend on the streaming services like Netflix or Peacock because those will move and disappear. You got to own it. And yeah. I only own it digitally. So if iTunes ever goes away, I'm hosed. Or, or you can basically just relive it here because I think we're pretty close to it's almost like a reenactment. So, right. Yeah. Which again, that'll come up later where Andy reenacts movies. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's so good at it. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. It's, it's babe. And you might think it, but I think it's dumb, but I think it's pretty good. You should watch it. And Madonna's <laughs> crying and says, I feel like I just did. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, so much good stuff in this, this show. And so like, it's one of those things where people are, if you are, Still on the fence about parks and recreation by this point, you're crazy. And also, um, also, why have you listened to this many episodes of a show you haven't seen? Right. It can't be because you like us that much. Right. Mom. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so like, this is one of the things about the show, though. Like, as I watch it over and over again, 
it it doesn't like I don't feel like it ever peters out. I feel like it just keeps getting better. Yeah, agreed. And so uh, whereas like the office after Michael leaves. Yes. Like it's like eh, it's fine. I like it, but I'll watch it. That's like but it's Ann not and, the best. It's like Ann and Mark and Mark. It's it's good. Yes. Seasons eight and nine of The Office are Ann and Mark. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a relationship. <laughs> right. So. We just, just got to get through it. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. I got to I got to get to Valentine's Day so I can break up with Ann and Mark. Finally. <laughs> yes. so, um, all right. Well, we should be done because speaking uh, of breaking up. We should break up this conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's literally has nothing to do with you. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess I will uh, talk to you next time. All right, I'll t- I'll see you later. Bye.